0: Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. So, I almost forgot that was gonna play. Um, (laughs) I just kept on talking. Uh, Because right before um, I came up here, I, I had moved up to this corner and I was standing and I was just looking out And just reminded of why I love uh, family worship so much on Sundays where our elementary and and even some of our younger kids are in here together with us. Uh, Because, kids, what I want you to hear is that as we're together, and we talk about family matters, which we'll get into in a minute, but as we're together, we're learning from you in worship. See, it's not just about you being here and learning from from us and worship. We're learning from you because we're seeing you sing, not worried about what everybody around you thinks, but sing and, and honor God in the way you're singing praises to Him. So I'm so glad that you're in here with us today. And so glad that we get to look together um, to, to God's Word this morning. And you, you saw this, um, Family matter. Some of you uh, may not have, have, have realized that we're in this series yet, and so just now all you can think about is Steve Urkel. Um, <laughs> that, if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's okay. Uh, but but we'll, the, the reason we're in the, this series, what what the reason we called it this, is because we're talking about, and kids, I want you to listen to me, because we're talking about it and have been talking about very important relationships in our lives that are often hard for us. And so we've talked about being a husband, we talked about being a wife, we've ta- we're talking about being children, we're gonna talk about being parents, we're gonna talk about um, being employees and employers in the, in the workplace. And sometimes you know people say, well, the Bible doesn't apply to me today, it doesn't matter for me today. Let me tell you that this has more instruction for your life today than any other book you can read. And it has more power because the one behind this book says he can change us. So, today, we're going to see that, that even though our world says that, that relationship is hard or does not make us feel good or is not what we want it to be, and, and therefore, when, it, when a relationship is not that, the world says what? It tells us we get mad and we just kind of push away. We get away from it as soon as we get the chance. But in this series, we're seeing that God cares about these relationships in our lives. So he gave us directions for how to have these relationships um, and how to have them with hope. That he can continue to work in them and change things in our lives. Now in just a minute, we're going to read from the Bible. Um, We're going to read from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3 in just a minute. But I want to tell you something before we start. Because in these verses... The Apostle Paul, who, who God had write these this this passage, he starts the, the passage saying, "Children," all right? So he starts by talking to children. Now, children, let me let me be clear there in um, in, in the Greek and then in the culture uh, around when, when it says children, he's talking about all those of various ages. Who are dependent upon their parents for shelter, food, money, etc. So, so let me say it now for us today. When, when it says children here, who he's talking about are from our youngest who are in this room, to our middle schoolers, to our high schoolers, to those who need their parents' money, oversight, um, provision uh, to care for them. And so it's important to realize, though, that he's speaking directly to children. Because it means that children are an important part of the church. So here's kind of what's going on here. These letters were circulated around, um, they, they were given, they were, they were sent to um, different churches. And Paul wrote this from prison and he sends this to the church of Ephesus. And this is what it would be like. It would be like us, probably in a little smaller room, but, but us sitting together, parents, children, all those, etc. And, and sitting there there together. And and Paul, as this is going on, Paul goes, now, children, listen up. I know you're in there. Listen, because this is important. He's assuming that it was important for children to understand not just what it meant to grow to be an adult who follows Jesus. But what it means to be a follower of Jesus right now as a child. Now let me tell you what it was like where these children were living. These children, and and I wanna encourage you, um, if you're in here and you're not a child right now, I promise there's a lot in here for us as well, okay? But these children are living in a city of Ephesus, and there were a lot of things to do in this city. Lots of ways for them to enjoy themselves. But the people of this city were doing all sorts of things that God said were not good for them to do. So really, the city was a lot like where we live today, isn't it? They believed that their own entertainment, the things they got to do, their own happiness were what mattered more than anything else. They believed that everyone should have the freedom to do what makes you feel good. And they even said things like, kids, see if you've heard this before. They even said things like... I want to decide what's good for me, or I want to decide what I get to do. Paul's writing to the church because the people, the families in the church, the followers of Jesus were being influenced by what was going on in the city around them. And so as we look at what Paul says to the church, we're going to see this today. Y'all ready? Doing the right thing is a hard thing. Doing the right thing is a hard thing. So let's look at our verses this morning. It's Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. We'll read through verse 3. And here it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So, God again, God's saying, Hey, kids, listen up. Children, teenagers, listen up. And He says, Here's what I want you to do. There's two parts to this right thing I want you to obey your parents and to honor your parents. And we're going to come back to that in just a minute. Um, But first, I want to talk about the fact that this is a hard thing that Paul's asking them to do. The right thing is hard. it can often be hard to honor and obey our parents. So why is it hard to do the right thing? The right thing's hard because of what's going on in our hearts. You see, obeying and honoring our parents is unnatural. It's not normal in this broken world. Instead of obedience, what we want to do is rebel. What does it mean to rebel? It means to say, no, I don't want to do that. I want to turn and do what I want to do. I was coaching soccer and I would coached in the same league for several years and in that league they give us devotions and one of those, um, as you get to it, is um, honor your parent, honor your father and mother. Again, okay, it's talking about honor. And I had this one little boy on my team, um, started when he was about seven and he grew, um, he he was on my team each year. And every year I would get to this question of, um, do do you honor, do you all honor and obey your parents? So finally now we get to, um, he's probably 11 or so, 10 or 11, and now he's a little more bold. He never really wanted to answer the question, but now he's a little more bold. And I said, I asked a question to the team, hey, do you, do you always honor and obey your parents? His answer was, nope. I'm like, okay, well, well why not? What, what keeps you from that? Because they're not always right, and I obey when I, th- when I like what they say. Now, we laugh at that, and, and we, we, we hear that, and we kind of resemble that sometimes. We resemble it, children with our parents, Adults, we resemble that with God. Why do Christian homes today look often similar to the world? It's because the sin and rebellion of children. It's also because of the sin and rebellion of parents. It's a lot easier to just figure out how to keep the kids quiet than it is to really love and parent them. You see, our hearts tell us how God set things up must not be right because we're not happy. It's not working. Things aren't okay. It doesn't feel good. But see, that's what we experience when we try to obey our parents in our own strength, when we try to honor our parents in our own strength. That's also what happens when we try to parent in our own strength. We're going to fail. Because everything in our sinful minds and bodies says that God must be wrong because I don't like what's happening here. Or maybe we say, if God was for my good, he would, give it, he would have given me different parents, like so-and-so's parents. For me growing up, it was like Dustin's parents. I like them. The other reason the right thing is hard is because instead of honor, we often want revenge or won't or, or or just want to not care, forget things that happened. It's hard to honor our parents sometimes because we've been hurt. Now, I want you to look, to think about this for a minute. Every person in here, even the people that have The absolute best parents, and we're not going to start comparing, but let's just say you think I had the greatest parents in the world. Every person in here, in some way, shape, or form, has sensed or felt that they were hurt at some point by something their parents said, something their parents did. It may have only been one little thing, but everyone has felt hurt from their parents in their life. Dealing with that, or choosing not to deal with that, can often keep us from honoring them well. So now what I want to do is go back, and I want to go back to the right thing, because Paul tells us, do the right thing. That's the second point I want to show you. The right thing here is in two parts. And I'm going to show it to you by unpacking uh, what the the passage says. The first part is in verse one, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents. He says, for this is right. This is the right thing. Obey your parents. Now, children and and teenagers, I actually want you to raise your hand when I ask you this question. All right. All right how many of you have ever had your parent tell you to do something and you didn't want to do it children and teenagers (laughs) all right (laughs) i was coming to you in a minute Uh, yeah i think everyone in here raised their hand every every child and teenager probably raised their hand all right now watch this adults in this room Let me make a point. Adults in this room, how many of you, when your parents told you to do something, at some point didn't want to do it or didn't do it? Raise your hand. Now, kids, I want you to look around for a minute. Teenagers, look around for a minute. All right. Here's the deal. That's every person in this room. All right? Kids... Teenagers, we really do understand. I know you don't think we do. We really do. We know it's hard. You see, obey is a word we don't really like very much. When I used to teach elementary kids a lot, um, I was teaching on this passage and and I would say, and children, we need to obey our parents. And before I could even get anything else out from the back of the room, um, I hear, "Ooh, yuck, I don't want to do that. When we hear it, we, we think it means that we don't get to do we, what we want to do. We think it means our fun's ruined when we obey. But let me tell you what this word really means. This word actually means to obey means to listen attentively because God has given us our parents for our good. That doesn't mean that everything your parents has done is good. But God has given us our parents for our good. And so when we ignore them, when we disobey them, you know what that shows us? It shows us that we have sinful hearts just like they do. And we already admitted we all have trouble with it. And so we're all in the same place in that. So, so, He goes on, though, because he doesn't just say, obey your parents. He says, obey your parents. What does that say on the screen? Obey your parents in the Lord. Lord." That's right. Now, here's the key. We obey our parents. But we don't do that. We don't obey obey our parents for our parents. We don't obey our parents... Even for ourselves, we do this because we are children of God through what Jesus has done for us. Y'all understand? We just acknowledge that all of us have wanted to disobey. All of us have disobeyed, right? I can I use one example usually with kids, and this gets pretty much all of us. All right, kids, how many of you? Every single time in your life, your parent has said, please go clean up your room. Have gone to clean up your room immediately. I see some parents putting their kids down, or kids hands down. Uh, have, have gone to clean up your room immediately and done it without complaining or arguing. Have any of you ever done that every time? Every time? <laughs> without ever arguing? <laughs> Okay, well, there may be a few of you. That gets most people. They ain't got all the little ones, all right? Because the reality is, that's hard, hard for us. That shows that we are sinful. Jesus came, and Jesus lived a perfect life. He did everything his parents said to do, and he did it without complaining or arguing. Not only were his actions right, his heart was right. And because of what he's done, he then died on the cross to pay for our sins. And because of what he's done, now we have peace with him. And now all of our relationships start with him. And so through Jesus now, we live as a child of the Father who has loved us from the foundation of the world with a greater love than any earthly father can give. So here's the thing, kids. Our relationship with our parents, obeying and honoring them, is actually about our relationship with God. That means that if our motivation, if the reason we obey our parents is because we're scared of what they might do or we're scared of the consequences that they might give us. If that's our reason, guess what's going to happen as we grow older? If that's why we obey our parents, then at some point, we're going to get to a place where we're bitter with them or where we're upset with them of where we don't really want to listen to them. And parents... If that's the reason we're the, the only motivation we're giving to our kids to obey, guess what that's going to create in our hearts. You know what it's going to create? It's going to create self-righteousness. Look how well my kids turned out because I was such a great parent or shame. If only I had done a better job with my kids. Quick note to parents and to the church. Because as a church, as members of this church, you have said, I hope you all recognize this in membership class and then beyond, but you have said you are a part of the nurture and admonition of the children of this church. Okay? So we should always be asking God to show us if we are teaching our kids to obey because it's good for them and points them to Jesus, who always has their best interest in mind? We're supposed to have their best interest in mind, but we're dealing with our own sin, so we don't always. But will we point them to Jesus who has their best interest in mind? Or are we teaching them to obey because it's easier for us? We need to be asking that question. Children, God tells us though, that it's, it's right to obey our parents even if their motives are not perfect. Because there's not a perfect parent in this room, okay? Y'all kind of know that already. We need to search our hearts, parents, though, and and ask God to change us in this. That our heart, our passion, our desire is to point our kids to Him. Now, Paul continues in verse 2 to say, Children, and and it's like Paul saying this, You know how I know it's right? To obey your parents and the Lord. Because obeying them as children is part of honoring them for the rest of your life. Y'all remember the story of when, um, all the way back in in Exodus, when Moses went up on the mountain and God gave him the Ten Commandments? Y'all remember that? God gives him the Ten Commandments. And the Fifth Commandment, the first one that is about um, relationship of people to other people, the Fifth Commandment was, honor your father and your mother. And so what Paul's saying here is that the second part of doing the right thing is about, it, it deals more with our hearts towards our parents. And he says, and he, so he quotes back from Exodus, he says, honor your father and your mother. Now, children, this one's still for you. So, so you listen up. But it's also for all of us. You see, this is about our hearts attitude, again, towards our parents. If you're an adult... If you're no longer dependent on your parents, you're not, you're not called to obey your parents, but you are still called to honor them. Honor means to value them highly, to have respect for them because they are the parents God has given you. Let me tell you what the opposite of honor is, because sometimes that helps us. The opposite of honor is open disrespect for them, to be rude. Or ungrateful to ignore them or not talk to them to decide yeah I'm just gonna stay angry with them children you know what it means to dishonor your parents I'll give you one example when they say to do something and you say what word no, (laughs) they say to do something and you say no. Or when your parent says no and you continue to whine and complain, or you say, I don't really care what they say, they're wrong. They're not giving me what I want, so I'm going to keep complaining until I get my way. That is not honoring your parents. Teens, one example of not honoring your parents could be Acting like you're listening to them, hoping they'll stop talking soon so you can go and do what you want to do anyway. Or talking poorly about your parents to those around you. That's not honoring and respectful to them. For those of us with with older parents, honoring them is, is patience. Patience with them. Honoring them is caring for them even if it affects your lifestyle. Those are examples. For followers of Jesus, it even means loving parents whom we think don't deserve our love. Why? Kids, why should we care about doing the right thing? Why should we care about obeying our parents? Everyone, why should we care about honoring our father and mother? Children, we we obey our parents in the Lord, and, and, and everyone, we honor our parents first and foremost because God said it's good for us. Let's not miss that part. God said it's good, and we do it for that reason. And then he also says that the results of obeying them and honoring them are good as well. Look at verse 2. Again, he says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. And so then he goes in verse 3 and he shows us what those promises are. And I I believe um, we see two two sets of promises here. One is earthly promise and one is a future promise. So verse 3 says that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Typically... Usually, normally, when we obey our parents, it goes better for us than when we don't. Usually. Typically, normally, usually, when we obey our parents, that those who obey the parents, who listen to the wisdom of parents, the whole book of Proverbs is about this, by the way, a father giving wisdom to his son. Um, When you listen to the wisdom of the parents... Usually, not always, but usually, we live a longer life. That's what he's saying here. On earth, this is normal. If we do this, it is usually better. It's also necessary for the well-being of this earth. You see, remember who Paul was writing this to? And so he's writing to the people in Ephesians. But who honor your father and mother was first given to? It was to the children of Israel, and it was to to direct what their society was going to look like. That was part of the, the, the commandment there. One of the major signs of the breakdown of society, according to historians and sociologists, these aren't even biblical people, but according to historians and sociologists, one of the major breakdowns in society or signs of that is children who are rampantly disobedient to their parents without consequences. And you can trace that back. There's also biblical examples. I remember being a kid and reading in Romans chapter 1, verse 30, and he's talking about the culture that has fallen. And, and, he, and he talks about here's the list. It goes like this, and I'm not gonna get it all exactly right. But he says, or he says, I'm slanderous, insolent, haters of God, doers of evil, disobedient to parents. You see, that was in the list of the part of the Bible says that's that's bad in society because it wasn't created to be that way. Part of the natural order of the world is for children to obey. You don't have to be a follower of Jesus here to understand that. You can see it. There's also a future promise. And it's this future of the the new heavens and the new earth. Originally, this promise of that it may go that you may live long in the land was given to the children of Israel is talking about when they go into the promised land of Canaan. Here it's it's also, I think, looking forward to the restoration of how things were supposed to be. And so a sign of being a follower of Jesus is asking him every day, Lord, help me to obey my parents because it's right, because you say it's good for me, and our lives changing. To look more and more like obedience and honor to them. That is a sign that we are followers of Him and that we will have the true long life in the land that He has given us, the the new heavens and the new earth. But we've said doing the right thing is a hard thing. So, how do we do the right thing? How do we obey and honor our parents? You remember the series as we've been talking? You remember where we started? Paul's given this whole long list of, to the Ephesians of being followers and, um, of, of Jesus in this crooked world, this, this broken world. He's given this whole big list. And then in verse 18 of chapter 5, he says, as he's telling them not to live that way, he, say, he says in verse 18, chapter 5, Be filled with the Spirit. And then he says in verse twenty one, and, and and submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. What is this reverence of Christ? Here is what he's saying: is you can't do this on your own. We need the power. You need the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. So you need to ask Him. And this this reverence for Christ is is an awe of Christ, or, or looking at Him and saying, "Wow." Look at the forgiveness that he has given to me. I want to honor what he says is good for me. But I'm not going to do it for myself. I'm not going to do it in my own strength. Because I can only do that through the Holy Spirit working in me and changing me. So what does that mean for you kids? If you've missed everything else, what does that mean for you today? It means that when you're having a hard time obeying your parents, when your heart's like, I don't want to do that. You can pray and ask God to change you. Because we believe that that if you are his child, if you've acknowledged your sin and your need for him, we believe that he loves you. And that he has promised to grow you and change you. parents and church family there's a calling for us here as well Uh, you know we're to submit to the authority of God and the best interest of our children the best interest of the children of the church what's their best interest let me tell you what it's not it's not the old so that they can they can be um, seen and not heard that's wrong that's not biblical just to be clear It's also, though, not giving them whatever they want just to make them happy. It's in their best interest that we teach them who God is, that we teach them what God says is good. It's in their best interest for us to lead our families in this way, to lead the children of our church this way, even when it's hard, even when they don't want it. We point them to Jesus. We point them to his power to change them. And then how do we, all of us, honor parents who have hurt us? We already said earlier, all of us have been hurt in some way, even those with the best parents. How do we honor parents who have hurt us? We can't do that on our own strength it's not natural. The natural thing is to push them away or try to get them back. That's what Satan's telling us to do. That's what our hearts are telling us to do. And then we have to come back and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit by the power of your spirit out of reverence for who Jesus is and what he's done change my heart to forgive my parent, to forgive where they've hurt me. I know, I believe there are those sitting in this room right now um, who've never done that with a parent. Or who know as you sit here right now that you've hurt a child. This is not meant to beat you up, to put to, to <laughs> discourage you. It's meant to say this. God has forgiven you if you come through Jesus, and He's given you the power to change by His Spirit. Will you today say, "Lord, change my heart to forgive"? And and even if that parent who has hurt you um, is no longer with us, God can still give change your heart towards them, and can still give you a heart to forgive. So I want to ask you as we prepare for the Lord's Supper today: Will you ask Him? To change your heart to forgive where that's needed. And ask him, kids, to show you, to to change you. To help you obey and honor your parents. I'm going to give you a few minutes of silent time to pray. To prepare our hearts for communion. And then I'll bring us back together. Let's pray. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.